<clears throat> yeah, this year we had a prayer for the year, which was that we would become a people with a deep satisfaction and joy in Christ. Like that was the prayer for us as a people. And then uh, the, the irony of that kind of prayer is it's not like something that we can manufacture and do. So in terms of organizational goals, not very smart, you know, like it doesn't meet, you know, even that acronym, SMART goals. Like how do you measure it? How precise is it? But it is like prayers aren't the same as, you know, we're going to balance the budget, um, which is even kind of ironic. Like if a president uh, or someone running for president, you know, now there's, I think, half the people in the United States are running for president. Uh, and if they came up and they said, oh, all I really want is for our hearts to grow content, and people would be like, well, what's your plan for that? And then they would have to say, oh, that God would do it. And they're like, oh, we're not electing you because what we want is you to change a few things, not uh, ask for something to happen to us that exists outside of what we can control. But that's been our prayer uh, for us as a people, for each of you individually, when we as elders pray for you, we're praying that you would know this kind of long satisfaction in your souls that God is actually enough for you. And you can be content in all circumstances. Praying for joy, that you would receive and know the joy that belongs to the Lord. And it would give you strength to face all of the things in life. Uh, and that we would also be a people with such joy and satisfaction. It's like, what kind of uh, a blessing would that be to our city if they knew a people filled with joy and satisfaction instead of hurry and longing and striving and trying to prove yourself. Like, what if we were a different kind of people? And so that's why we've been praying for that for us as a church. Uh, and we're going to continue praying. We're not losing steam halfway through, uh, but that's, that's the, the thing. And I invite you even, maybe this can be a reminder, that you would also pray uh, not just for yourself, but for the people in your community, the people in your DNA group, that they would have that kind of satisfaction and joy that can only come from Jesus. Uh, this, this Sunday, we're also uh, kind of beginning, or we're going to look forward to this, this vision that we have for the month of July, this, uh, this strange month, uh, Julio. Uh, anyway, uh, it's Matthew, I'm going to read Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30, and then I'm going to talk about it and actually just give us instructions for our, our month of rest. Uh, and so this is Matthew chapter 11. Uh, Jesus is uh, talking about all sorts of things, unrepentant towns. He's been questioned about John the Baptist. Uh, but then he, he kind of begins to share about what it's like for those people that are brought in to the Father's family. And he says this in verse 28. He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. A classic passage. Uh, I think it's something you can run to when you're exhausted and those sorts of things. I thought it would be really uh, kind of funny to shout that out to people as they're running marathons or something like that, you know, just to like, I don't know, stoke their encouragement somehow, be like, hey, Jesus' burden is easy. You don't have to run 26.2 miles. 
Uh, but what I, what's so deeply encouraging, I think it's, been, it's one of those phrases that Jesus says that's for thousands of years has been encouraging and nourishing to the souls of all people who've heard it. Uh, even I, I was talking to a guy that I just met the other night, but it was very fun. And it's like, that's what he longed for, was someone to come and say, uh, come to me. The, the burden is easy. Uh, if you're weary, come and, and God could actually give you rest. Rest for your soul. And what Jesus is talking about is it's pretty plain to see, but he's saying, look, if you come and you live in my father's house, you come and, and make your dwelling with God. What you can expect is this, uh, the wearisomeness, the burdens that you carry, God will give you rest in all of those things. Uh, one of the ironies is he doesn't say, you know, I will take all of the burdens away. Uh, so sometimes we're like, oh, God will remove every burden. Uh, that's what this verse means. What he actually says, I'm, I'm going to give you rest within that. A rest that you're like, ah, oh, how does that work? For us, we only know how to rest from stopping. You know, if you're really exhausted, like those people running the marathon that I imagine shouting at, if they would just stop running, they would start resting, right? That's some of the, the funny parts of it. It's like, you look like you're going to die. You could just stop, and then you wouldn't die. Uh, but he's not just talking about a physical exhaustion, but the exhaustion that comes from in a soul trying to prove yourself, trying to bear burdens, uh, weary, trying to hold the whole world together, that kind of wearisomeness, trying to follow the law, that's something that he's talking about before, doing all of the legal religious stuff, that can just be so exhausting. And God's saying, I will actually give you rest. That's what Jesus is saying. Saying, take, take my yoke upon you, which is this thing that you would put on top of an ox with a gate. And he's like, put that on, put my yoke on you, you know, saddle up your life to walk alongside me uh, and learn from me. Become an apprentice, study, see what I'm doing, like walk alongside me and I will give you rest. Um, so often in life, right, we're just running on our own and it's pretty exhausting. Uh, but to walk alongside Jesus, the one who knows us, who cares for us, who made us in our mother's womb, who's walked with us through all of these things, we can turn and look to him, and that's rest, his presence. But this is what he says about him being there with you. He says, I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Uh, what we are usually terrified of is people who won't be gentle with our hearts, uh, who, will, who will squash them destroy them, uh, who will look at our lives and only give us intense pain, um, people who will disregard us, trade us in for a new model, trade us in for uh, artificial intelligence, because our intelligence is barely official. Uh, we think about all of those different things, and, it, and this is what Jesus says, I'm gentle with your heart. I'm humble, and you will find rest in your souls. He says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Uh, I think one of the, the, the sad um, situations that we get in as Christians, as followers of Jesus, is we get really busy driving the ox cart. You know, we like, I'll put the yoke of Jesus on, and I'm gonna, I've, I've learned some stuff from Jesus, and now I'm just gonna plow ahead. Uh, and then we get really, really exhausted. 
And then all of, all of a sudden, we're doing all of this activity, and we forget how easy it is and how light the burden is because we've taken it all on ourselves. Does that make sense? By doing the things, by doing the motions over and over again. And so our, our vision for July uh, is actually to create a space, uh, and it's, it's an experiment. We'll see what happens. Maybe it will fail, and failure's okay. That's what I tell myself all the time, because uh, I don't truly believe that, but I, failure's okay. Uh, we want to create space and even a milestone for us as a church that can happen in these sort of calendar events uh, where we can rest deeply in God's grace and remember, oh, the, the burden of Jesus, of following Jesus, of seeing his kingdom come in the city, it's actually light and it's restful. Uh, the, the yoke of Jesus, of, of caring for others and loving one another in a church, that's actually easy. Uh, and so we're going to take this time uh, and hopefully be an outflow of what we've been studying through the, the book of Leviticus, specifically these desert feasts and festivals. And so we want this month to be marked by, uh, I think it's four things. Uh, one is celebrating, uh, celebrating God's story that we would remember this month how God has redeemed us and restored us. Think about the festival of Passover. Uh, we're also going to, hopefully this month, be marked by giving, uh, listening to the Holy Spirit. God, what are you calling me to do and to give with my time and my money and my resources? How can I experience that kind of generosity? Uh, think about the festival of the first fruits. Then also, we want to be resting in God's grace, uh, seeing him uh, as the scapegoat, seeing him as the atonement uh, for all of the things that we have done, removing all shame and all guilt. Let's rest in God's grace uh, to take stock of where you've been, uh, to how you've lived, how, what you've believed in, all of those things, and allow God to search you and know your heart and bring you to a place where you can uh, seek forgiveness. Seek restoration, like the Festival of Atonement and the Trumpets. And then the last, I guess this makes it six things, but slowing and simplifying, if you sh shove them together, I'm sure the Germans are able to do it with the way they build their language, but slowing and simplifying. Uh, change the pace of our lives uh, to get away, to experience Sabbath. Think about what we talked about last week, the Festival of Tabernacles, to remember the dwelling place of God is with us and within us. And so with all that in mind, we're making a few little shifts in the month of July. Uh, so with our church-wide gatherings like we have here. Uh, so we won't be having gatherings like this during the month of July in this space. Uh, instead of doing all of that labor that we may have forgotten uh, is, is light and easy, uh, we're going to take a break from it, almost like, like a fast from doing that. Uh, instead, uh, we're going to meet a few times in the month. Here's, these are details just because people like those. So on July 9th, uh, we will uh, have a brunch nick in the park like we did last year. We'll play games. We'll have brunch in the park. It'll be lovely. And all we're going to do is get together and just share life together, okay? Uh, then on July 30th, we'll do the same thing, but we won't do it at a, at a park. We'll do it at a beach, so we'll have a picnic brunch, okay? And all we'll do is we'll get together 
and, and we'll be together. And that will be the, the whole purpose of it. And we'll share details about you know, where to show up and how much you know, vegetables to roast and those sorts of things. But th- like, that's what you can look forward to. And we'll also send out throughout the month encouragements, reminders, and all these other things throughout the month. But as a church, we're not going to gather like this. The next time we gather like this will be August 8th, 6th. Thanks. It's August 6th. Uh, That's really wonderful. So that's when we'll gather again like this. But there's also things that I just want to ask you to do as individuals. And there's some practices that I want you to do. So you're going to have... It's funny, it's like an hour and a half of free time extra you're going to gain. But I think you could be even more intentional beyond that. Uh, I want to ask you to all practice the Sabbath. Something we talk about all the time, and there's all these little different excuses, but just try to experience and practice the Sabbath this month. Uh, And we have a guide on how to do that, and you can do that really well. Uh, We want to ask you to practice an intentional vacation. If you're taking a trip during the month of July, how can you go on that vacation? How can you apply the principles we talked about last week of of really seeking to know God through your trips? Uh, How can you do that? So practice an intentional vacation, change of pace, slowing down, going somewhere else. Uh, Also practice hospitality. Uh, Think of someone you want to get to know uh, better and invite them over and, and treat them as if they're like a heavenly being and just show them hospitality. Invite people, welcome someone into your home. So practice hospitality. And then also just an encouragement that you would revisit your personal formation plan. Uh, if you've made one, if you haven't, it's a good time to be like, oh, what am I gonna do to, to be formed and shaped in my relationship with God this month? Uh, and if you're free to reach out to all the leaders of the church Uh, we're all still here and present. Um, And so those are the things that I want to ask you all to do. And they were up there, and so you memorized them. It's also everything I've said was in the email that you didn't read. So now you can read that email and know it all. Uh, But one of the things I just want to say fundamentally as we enter this season is we're not taking a break from being God's people in this place. I'm not going on vacation for a month. I am going on vacation. It'll be intentional. I am going to take a Sabbath, just like you will take a Sabbath. But all of us as leaders are available. Uh, Please meet with us and have coffee. Love each other in your missional communities. Continue to meet in DNA. Go through all of the things of life, but just having this intentional focus on a season of rest, as we've talked about through these desert festivals, where they would take these large amounts of time to change their normal rhythms in order to then later re-engage in ordinary life with a heightened sense or like an attunement, an atonement, sorry, an attunement uh, to the voice of God in all things. And so when we get back in August and we return to all of our normal rhythms, we'll have a, a month really, in month of August on Sundays, we'll be talking about our personal formation plans. We'll talk about those in DNA groups as well. Uh, the rest of the year, we'll spend studying the book of Philippians, where, you know, Paul says he's really satisfied and he has joy. So it's like, oh, how did this guy get joy and satisfaction? Uh, he tells us in the scriptures. Uh, we're going to also, when we come back, kind of shift towards, okay, we've, we experienced joy and satisfaction. How do we display that to the rest of the world? 
How do we display that to our neighbors? How do we invite people into joy and satisfaction in our city? Uh, there'll be Candy Palooza. There'll be a parent night. There'll be a women's retreat. There'll be Advent. Uh, all of these wonderful things when we get back together. And there will also be tons and tons of ordinary life. Yeah? And the ordinary life is amazing uh, because Christ meets us in it. Uh, I want to just share one last encouragement. I'm going to read Matthew uh, 11, 28 to 30 again, but this is from the, me- the message, uh, Eugene Peterson, and I just want it to be, uh, yeah, just a lasting encouragement as we go and take communion, so I'll read this, and you can go and take communion and, and know the, the rest in your soul. Uh, he says, uh, this is from Matthew 11, Jesus says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Uh, Jesus, we pray that we would learn to keep company with you, and to live freely and lightly. As we come and as we take communion, we're just reminded of all the work that you have done that we get to rest in, that it is your life, your death, your resurrection that redeems and restores all things from generation to generation. Help us to rest in you and in that truth. Amen.